So the first guest on this very first episode of the podcast is none other than, well, and I feel like this is something that we need to clarify because <laughs> you you played as Turtle, but then yeah. now everything is Isaac App. So so which is it? Oh, man. That's, I mean, if, I don't know. I feel like I'm running like an alter ego here, okay? Yeah, because so on the, on the like... screen, it always says Isaac App, and then everybody when they're talking to you, it says really? turtle. See, that's something so, that I didn't even notice. I thought it always said turtle. That's interesting to me. Because I thought, I, I thought like, bounce back and forth between Isaac Gap and turtle. I don't, like, it's, like, almost like a nickname now, but it's an alter ego. I feel like I'm just going to get called whatever and I'll just respond. Which which one is the alter ego? Oh, man. I would, I mean, Isaac Gap is literally just my name. So, you, I think turtle <laughs> is more of the alter ego. <laughs> I mean, I I could say the same thing. I, I never could think of... Uh, like a cool name when I was growing up through middle school and high school yeah. of like, oh, I'm going to be this online or they were never really that good. Yeah. So I always just went with Tom. Completely unoriginal. No, Maybe no, if my name wasn't actually it's Tom. It's nice, dude. Three letters. It's just Tom. That's, that's, it's nice and easy. And you know, at the airport, you meet somebody, you just be like, oh, I'm Tom. You know, it's yeah. memorable. It works, bro. I, like <laughs> I mean, I can thank my parents for that. But. Yeah, there you go. All right. So for this, for the purpose of this podcast, <laughs> is it Isaac? Is it App? Uh, or no, Turtle? You could, just, yeah. you could just call me Isaac. All right, Isaac. Cool. <laughs> Whatever well, flows off the tongue, man. I, I guess. I guess it'll just depend on what kind of mood I'm in. Then. Yeah. There you go. Mood-based cool. names. Well, thank you again for joining me on this experiment. That is this podcast. And basically what this podcast is going to be moving forward, there are plenty of good places out there that you can hear about the esports scene, people talking about rumors, what's going on with all the rosters and stuff like that. All I want to do is talk about actually playing the game of Rocket League. And we're going to talk to people that are grand champ. We're going to talk to people that are champ. I'm going to talk to people that are all the way down in gold and wow, throwing shade on people that are on gold and silver. That's not a good way to people that are still working on their game in gold and silver. But tonight we have none other than a former pro to start off, which is very exciting. So I'm curious, how, how exactly did you get started playing Rocket League? Uh, for me, it was like, uh, I mean, I always, I was pretty like introverted in high school. I didn't really like talk to a lot of people. So I was always on the computer and I just, I just saw like a video of like KYR Speedy or something playing on YouTube. Uh, and he was playing Rocket League and it was in 2015. It was right like two weeks after the game came out. And I just thought to myself, like it's, it's in the, it's in the middle of summer. I had nothing else to do. So I just bought the game and it was like an instant addiction for me was playing Rocket League at that time. And just, like, literally the only thing I could think about when I either got home from school or just when I was home was just playing Rocket League. So were there other games like that before Rocket League for you, or was it just something about Rocket League that pulled you in? I mean, I was definitely, like, really serious. So I I, I always forget this, but I used to play um, Team Fortress 2, which was, like, it used to be, like, a free-to-play game, and it was really... uh, it was really goofy, but I used to be in the esports scene a little bit with that game, Team Fortress Two, uh, and I played like competitively on like a team, and we were never like good or anything, but we definitely had, we had like scrimmage, like we had scrims, we had practices, and we actually had actual days of competing, 
And whenever I got into Rocket League, I guess I, I had already built a lot of those like fundamental, I guess, skills of, you know, competing in an esport. And I just kind of like saw the potential of Rocket League and just kept playing the game. Yeah. Did you play, do you play any actual sports or was it just gaming? Uh, conveniently enough, I did play soccer throughout all, it's, it's actually funny, Rocket League also came, it was weird, dude, it was like all these paths kind of like converged into Rocket League, so I, uh, I was really into soccer, and I was like serious about soccer, but then I got some weird injury um, around, I think it was sophomore year, which is 2015 for me, whenever Rocket League actually came out, and I was injured, so I couldn't play at all for the rest of high school, and that's why I was like, okay, I guess I'm just stuck inside, and then that also made me go into Rocket League, so I did have a little bit of sports background. Oh, okay. Wow, that is how it's the weird. stars align. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it either, but I guess it worked out, man. It did. Well, yeah. So, uh, how often do you play Rocket League now? Because you were, I can't. You, you can decide where we go next because obviously you were a part of the pro scene yeah. as an actual player. And now you're doing the whole casting thing, which is awesome. So whichever you want to talk about first, like how much you play now and like how much time you're putting into actually playing the game. I'm curious, like how much you're actively playing the game now or how you moved into the pro scene, whichever you want to start with. I'm curious about both. Oh man. Okay. So, well, for starters, like nowadays I'm, I'm definitely, I'm still playing the game a lot, but it's definitely more, it's just casual. It's really nothing to like, incredibly serious you know whenever i'm playing i'm not thinking i used to i used to play the game every day obviously for like a bunch of hours a day and i the only thing on the back of my head was like i have to do this to get better i have to focus on like training my mechanics and stuff but now it's more of just like i actually just enjoy playing the game goofing around i either connect with some of my irl friends and play the game or i'll just play ranked um and try and hit it up there uh but it's definitely not as much i'd say like it's probably launched a rock like i don't know like maybe like three out of the seven days depending on how busy i am okay and but now at at this point where you're at right now you're not necessarily thinking like oh this is one of my weak points or this is yeah, one of my weak oh, spots percent. and it's actually made me enjoy the game a lot more i think i think a big thing that kind of just like turned everything away from me was like the game obviously like to any extent if you play anything or work on something too much and it kind of just becomes a like a job for you and something that you just don't enjoy doing anymore. It kind of just becomes tedious for you. Uh-huh. Now I feel like I've kind of re- revived that that spirit of playing the game and actually loving it. And it's it's interesting because I think every pro player nowadays has like that that spirit of like I love this game, but it's more obvious in my eyes at least. I feel like it's easy to tell at least for me like when you see a spark in somebody. So like. So I like somebody like Garrett G. I think he he's like that dude is like meant to play this game. It's like weird. Like he has a talent and like a passion for the game that I feel like I I have never had in like my entire career. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, definitely. So it's it's just like it's crazy to think about. Well, so actually that's that's completely going on a different direction, but this is actually something that I'm extremely interested in myself. So yeah. I'd be I'd be curious because I mean, I watched the first RLCS, I paid attention to all of that, but apparently I didn't pay as close attention as I thought I did because I was doing a little research and I realized that you played in the first RLCS on Exodus with Garrett G. Like yeah. you guys were teammates. Um, 
We were actually teammates for the first two seasons. For the first two seasons. Okay, so yeah, yeah. there you go. Like you, So you obviously know him pretty well and, and playing with him for that. So I, I have this thought process – uh, especially right now with our with the Rocket League scene because it's only two years old. Like we've only had professional Rocket League in a real form since 2017 when RLCS started. Yeah, that's crazy. So I I feel like there are probably still a number of professional players that just had this ability to get really good at the game, but don't necessarily have like an extreme competitive drive to push themselves to the next level the the next and next and next level yeah but then there are those players that people talk about all the time that have those that competitive just like it's in their soul that they want to push them they have a passion for the game plus they just want to do everything that they possibly can to be the best and i feel like Especially with you saying it, Garrett G is one of those people. Like, yeah, do you ha- do you have any thoughts on that, or can you expand on that at all? I mean, uh, I think it's different being in like the shoes of somebody who has played it because I feel like everybody who plays professionally right now, like they, uh, there's different things that fuel people, and I think it's just the ultimate goal is just Rocket League. But I think what depending on what is actually fueling a person can kind of lead them to play more and motivate them more like obviously if somebody's fueled by just like i'm just here because of a paycheck and i'm just here because i have to be you know what i'm saying like they don't have anything else to do i think that uh-huh. is completely different than somebody who is mentally thinking like i'm here because i like love this game i want to get better and i like i have to compete because that's what i want to do and i think that's why mentality comes into like the picture in rocket league in my opinion as like probably like obviously in esports in general is the biggest thing and honestly, whenever I was playing, I wish I had, like, some kind of psychologist or something to help with a lot of those, like, ideas and mentalities. And I think Gary G, he always stands as, like, a staple as one of the guys who just seems to constantly create such a great atmosphere for his himself and to always strive to be better through, like, his passion in the game. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about your experience um, going – because I can't, I I feel like they just had a giant tournament to qualify for RLCS the first season, and yeah. then obviously you made the LAN, Good. which qualified you for the next season. Um, but just kind of talk about your process and and maybe even the mental side of it, like you said, because I I feel like especially. Uh, you know, since the beginning of April, when I decided to take this game more seriously. I, I mean, I've spent so many, at least for me, I've spent as many hours as I can in this game. Yeah. And I've wanted to quit playing more since I decided to take it seriously on April 1 than I have exactly. since 2015. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, on your level, what, the, what kind of conversations you had with yourself or with other people that either kept you going and then when you decided... Uh, I think it was after the RLRS season that you had and like one of the first RLRS seasons when you decided to stop, like what made you decide to end, you know, like this is the end and what kept you going for all those seasons in RLCS? 
Well, I mean, at the beginning, I think the, it was just really, like you said, it was an open qualifier. So every everybody was kind of just like, it was just slim pickings, bro. Like everybody was running around trying to figure out how to get into the RLCS and how to qualify. Everybody was competing in the qualifier, obviously. And there was like, there was no, back then, I guess there was no tools to elevate your gameplay. There was really nothing besides like ranked and private matches and scrims with other top people. So I feel like networking was a huge thing back then. Like if you knew top players and you could get practice in against these guys, then that was everything. And also just ranked in general and being a grand champion playing against these players because the game wasn't nearly as big. So if you're a grand champ, you're going up against these like pro players and these SARP players, especially at the time who've been playing the game for years, who literally you, you see a match and you play a match against a pro. And that's why there's always this rumor. Like if you're in a ranked game against a pro, you don't want to forfeit because it's such good practice for you. That's all we had back then. And the mentality for me was really just like, I don't know. It was almost like I didn't really have to think that much about how much I wanted it. It just, I had to think more about, like why I was doing it and at that time it was strictly because I loved the game and I just had a goal and that was to get into the RLCS and just do my best in this esport as possible and that is a goal that I think whenever I really focused on that and was able to have tunnel vision that was when I was performing my best and that was when everything was really working well for me but then obviously as the seasons went on I feel like I got a little bit I guess offset from I don't know. I feel like I put, I relied too much on other people for trying to figure out why I like the game, if that makes sense. And as it kind of digressed, and then as the rival series ended up, it was it was weird because I remember having a conversation with myself and my my mentality was, because I, I, I played with Chicago in the rival series. Yeah. And I, I've said this before, but Chicago also ra- reminds me of that player who has a passion for the game and it's, yeah. it's like in his nature to compete. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I, I felt the same way about Garrett, and then when I was playing on the rival series with Chicago, I just I just knew that the dude was very gifted, and he had that kind of drive and that kind of flame inside of him. And playing with him, I think made me reflect the most about like myself. And I just maybe I had had that flame previously, but for whatever reason, through all the relationships I had had throughout Rocket League, through all of the experiences, the ups and downs, it, it the flame just was not there anymore. And I think. After I realized that, I was able to just say, okay, I should take a step back from this and try and reevaluate what my options are, what I actually want to do, and what I want to put my time into. And that's like exactly when the mentality shift. Huh. So you said something that I think is really interesting. You said that you were looking to other people too much for your interest in Rocket League. Yeah, 100%. Like, Can you expand on that? I think it can be a good thing and a bad thing. Like if you... So at the time, like I really, the only people I was ever talking to, which is, which is like great. I'm not saying like anything bad about the Rocket League people. It's just, if you're constantly surrounded by like other pro players, like the only outlet I had, at least for social activities and talking to people was Rocket League, which is great because it motivated me to, you know, be a better player. And I love the dudes. Like everybody I've met in Rocket League in the community has been amazing and it, it, it just came down to, like I said, the difference between them and me. So I was I was looking at all these other people I'm surrounded with. I guess my coworkers, like you could you could consider it back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I saw like the passion, the flame that they had. So I almost tried to like recreate that in myself, if that makes sense. Sure. I tried to keep pushing forward with that kind of concept, that mentality towards the game. And I feel like I was able to definitely get far with it. And, and obviously there was a little bit of self-passion with it. And I love the game. I love playing. I think I just looked to others 
and like saw the passion that they had and I'd get inspired by it. But that inspiration, if it's not getting derived from myself, it's easier to die out. You know, it was, it was more external than it was yourself. Like yeah. you actually having that fire in yourself. Yeah. And definitely. And just enjoying it as a person. And a big thing was a lot of the, uh, the pressure. I, I don't know. I always look back and kind of, adjust and rethink how I, I was thinking back in the day like i think because a lot of these people this is why this is why i say like some people are just like born to play this game so scrub just won the world championship right he was on the like the biggest stage in rocket league history almost uh with so many people in the crowd and the dude played phenomenal throughout the season and then he, he even showed up in like the biggest stage we've ever had and the dude is uh, scrubs like 15 right now 16 right and that's around the same age as I was when I started playing. But if I got thrown, if that same me got thrown in there, I would have been like, like crapping my pants basically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it would have been horrible for me. And even though I was on stage, I was super nervous the whole time and I was not confident in myself at all. So that's why I think it's just like he has what it takes and I just did not. I wanted to, and I don't know if you have a relationship with him or talk to him at all, but I remember when... I remember seeing an interview with Fireburner, who obviously yeah. is one of the biggest names in the scene right now, just stepping out of the game, um, you know, is going to start doing content and coaching and things of that nature. But I remember him citing the stress and pressure of competing as one of the reasons that he is not wanting to play anymore. Yeah. So do you feel like that, you were in a similar boat and he's just, you know, a year or two behind you in that. Yeah, man. I mean, like I definitely agree. Like a big, it, it was just relieving. Like whenever I had stopped playing rocket league, like I didn't touch rocket league for like, I, like, I promise maybe like almost like half a year when I stopped playing. Like I literally did not play the game once. It was almost like I, once I stopped competing, it was like this huge just relief for me. Because for whatever reason, I just kept putting all this pressure on myself and all this like weird kind of like energy towards myself in the game. And it's it's funny because I, I always hate like talking about it because it's it's like, oh, I play video games for a living and I get to play inside and, you know, play a game all day. What and I get paid for? It. Why is that a bad thing? How can you hate what you do? Um, I think it just came down to like just the repetition of it. And it just kind of wearing you down mentally with all the stress and performing well that you got to worry about teammates. And especially back then, it was less rooted in the fact that you would stay as a pro player. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was really easy for your spot just to get swapped with somebody else. And then you're like, okay, well, I can't do anything now, you know? Right. There, was just, there wasn't really a lot of safety net. And that's why I think it's really just a tolling thing on a lot of people, especially when like, like I obviously, at least I personally knew other people, I'm not sure, like, depending on how Rocket League lasts and how long, I, I kind of had something else I wanted to do in, like, a vision past Rocket League and other things that I really wanted to hone in on. So once I, the more I realized that I had other things I really wanted to spend time into, it was harder to put that much time into Rocket League knowing I could be doing something else that mm -hmm. I got more satisfaction out of, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And, and I think Fireburner might be in that position as well, especially with either, you know, college or longevity even. Like, it, it, I think it's so smart, especially for him, to go out with, like, with, like, such a high reputation and name. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he yeah. didn't really fizzle out at all. 
Right. Uh, like, like I definitely fizzled out. There's so many people in the past who have fizzled out and it's just, it's, you can see it kind of happening with Fireburner, Like it just, it just kind of happened when he was on like the, the top of his game. You know what I'm saying? Like he's on like, what the number one team in North America was he, they might finishing not second the at the best. last tournament he played in. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like he went out as one of the best in the world and with so much momentum and fire under him. And he, no I pun intended. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was just the smartest way to do it because he can leave knowing, you know, like, Hey, and I think that that adds so much more to a statement on playing the game. Like, obviously, if, if Fireburner really wanted to milk it and, you know, just milk it as much as possible and just half-ass all of his Rocket League, he could do it without a doubt. It would probably be the easiest thing for him to do because a team that's dying or that needs some help, Fireburner could just come in, get a quick paycheck, and dip, you know? Yep. It would be so easy, but he's not doing it. And I think that adds so much more to a statement and what he's trying to do. In terms of fizzling out and i think this is this is another thing that i'm curious about especially in terms of your experience playing at the pro scene because i i i've gone back and i remember when over zero hit that air dribble yeah to beat i don't think it was i i can't remember if it was in game four or game five whichever game it was against Flipside tactics that was just like the Most cherry the on top scene yeah i and it was just like that people talk about the Justin goal and I'm, I might really set some people off here, but like that Justin goal in game seven to go into overtime is like one of the biggest goals in rocket league history. But I still go back to that air dribble as like one of the defining moments of rocket league competitive play. Yeah. It was just so good. But now you go back to that and watch it now. And it's like, wait, that was it? And then I watched your series against Northern Gaming in RLCS1. And within like the first 15 seconds, somebody goes up for an aerial that would be like a no, like gimmick goes up for aerials like this and he does three spins before he gets there and he's like right on target and somebody missed it. Like nobody misses aerials like that in Rocket League anymore. So... How how did you see or how do you feel the game evolved even on the pro scene from RLCS one to what what was your was your last season three or four? Uh Rival Series four, RLCS three. Okay. So I feel I feel like it evolved so much. And especially now that you're kind of involved with the pro scene again, you know, what are you, what are you seeing in terms of the difference in play and how people yeah. are playing uh, since the beginning and and now i think it, it definitely came down to really just everything right now is just polished completely like back in the day i feel like everybody had a general concept of what they had hoped rocket league would become and just they wanted some kind of basis of everything you know they wanted longevity and they wanted guaranteed spots in rlcs and, and a way to prove themselves they wanted a system where there would be a rival series um and excuse me in terms of just mechanically I think everybody was waiting to see how it would improve. And, you know, I feel like some people would hit something and you'd say, this is the peak of Rocket League. But then, you know, half a year later, somebody else is hitting a better shot. And it's just everything slowly moves forward. And back then, I feel like we had all of the fundamentals of Rocket League, all the basics down, like completely down. That was what it came down to being a really pro player was 
how can you take this new game and master all of the basics to the point where you're just as fundamental of a player as you can be? Mm-hmm. And then now I feel like you compare like because back then I feel like you maybe have like one or two players, if that, that were really doing something special with the way they move their car and the way they hit the ball. But now you fast forward that to, to today and everything has changed. There's everybody has fundamentals down completely. It's the same way as before. But now instead of having just fundamentals, you got to have some kind of seasoning on top of that. You got to have some kind of special skill, something that sets you apart. And, you you know, you mentioned gimmick. You got to have something that makes you flashy, something that makes you a better player. And gimmick plays a completely unique play style. He is somebody completely new. And the, the level of gameplay has just become, instead of being so fundamental, I feel like it's more of how can you go the extra mile? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, would, so would you say that those are the new fundamentals? Like you thought the fundamentals were at point A, but really yeah. now the fundamentals are at point B, C, or D. Because the, definitely... there's just like a new floor of what, there's a new barrier of entry. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's like who enters things in and like who can break that bubble first. So like, I don't, I don't know if Gimmick was really the first person to do it. Kind of, it was like, okay, so Gimmick, I don't know. I, I, whenever I think of Gimmick, I instantly think of like the freestyling to hit an aerial type of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there's people in Rocket League who don't freestyle at all and they're very basic and they just go up for the ball and hit it. But then Gimmick, he started doing this thing where he's actually playing the game how he would in free play, which is you go up for the ball and you spin around and you actually freestyle and you get loose in the air and you hit the ball and i feel like that was just like a whole new wave that started it and it's all comes down to who can follow that and who can keep following so it comes down to who's the trendsetter and who can follow and the people who don't follow they can maintain they can hang on but after each wave it kind of knocks them down even more and more and that's when they start falling off so would would you say that that is the fizzling that you talked about earlier like people are hitting their ceiling or at least their perceived ceiling and that's when they start fizzling out. It, it comes down to hours as well, man. Like if you like, like fizzling out. Come like if you're not playing a game eight hours straight every single day, and you are, and all of those hours have to be like quality hours. You know, I feel like so many people talk about grinding the game and getting better, and people are like, "Oh, how did you get better so fast?" Like I don't understand it. It's it's be, it's it's like having a mind while you're playing. Because whenever you play a video game, I feel like so many people are so easily tuned out. And they just kind of go into this world where they're not focusing on what they're doing. But if you want to get better at the game, you have to like put in quality hours that are very determined and de- like derivative of your motivation to get better at the game. So you you go into the game and you're just kind of playing ranked and you you have the mentality of, oh, I have to do this just so I can stay you know in top shape. Versus you go into the game and you say to yourself, like, I'm going to get better at shooting. I'm going to pop off and I'm going to better myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whoa. I've, I feel like that was the first 12 to 1500 hours for me in this game was just going in there and trying to hit the ball and just like learning and getting better through mindless repetition, as opposed to actually being purposeful in practicing and looking at my mistakes and working on what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. hundred percent. I feel that. So that's, Go ahead. Sorry, go. Well, I was just saying that's like that's really what separates somebody who's trying to get better at the game versus somebody who's just playing the game and they assume that increased hours means a better 
chance of getting better at the game, you know? Right. I feel like obviously grinding ranked will make you better if you are paying attention at least to what's happening in the games. Like eventually you will get better because you will just eventually have enough reps that you will learn through your mistakes and others' mistakes. Exactly, yeah. But being in free play and training packs is just a completely different ball game in terms of like focused effort on correcting mistakes and getting better at mechanics. Exactly. So yeah. if I if I had just practiced some of these things, you know, looking at myself, I would be where I'm at now in eleven hundred hours instead of twenty three if they were yeah, more focused. Exactly. That's a hundred percent it. And, but then that's when I talk about, it comes down to like literally what's in your DNA and your blood. Like we are so used to have habitual gaming of like, you come in and you play a game and you're just kind of relaxing. And that's, that's how you ease out of it. And for a lot of people, relaxing is actually improving at the game. So like, uh, like when Gary came into the game or like, obviously like scrub, okay. Scrub came in and I feel like as soon as he started playing the game, Everything for him was about how can he beat the opponents, how can he get better. And that's the difference. You know, that can make or break a player and how they improve. If you're improving exponentially, because if, if you come in and you put quality hours in and you put like 1,100 hours into free play and into grinding the game and into six minutes if you have the option, then you're going to be so much better than somebody else who's coming with a nonchalant vibe and an attitude of like, oh, I want to get better, but just, you know, I'm just, I want to enjoy the game too. You know, oh, and I yeah, feel like sure. that's just like a gene that people can have because it can get it's it's so exhausting playing the game like that. Oh, yeah, because it's it's a it's a video game, right? There are plenty of people that just get on and sit down and play for the sake of playing and hope that they get better. But then, yeah, at the end of the day, it is also a competitive thing that people want to just be as dominant as they can. So. And I've been thinking about this myself because as I try to improve, uh, it has gotten frustrating on multiple occasions where that improvement isn't necessarily coming and I don't have, you know, scrims that I can go to on a consistent basis or a big group of friends that are just like, let's get together and And like practice, you know? Um, So it's really just me working through these things myself and eventually I got to the point where every ranked game that I go into and Squishy says this all the time just thinking ranked games don't matter your rank doesn't matter like you should be willing to make mistakes to screw things up because that's the only way that you're going to learn that's the only way that you're going to get better so do you do you feel like you had that mindset when you were scrimming or playing and do you feel like that shifted when you were on stage actually competing like what oh, what was yeah. your what was your mindset through those different processes of uh you know being in the RLCS season or being on the land stage like what kind of things were going through your mind it was it was probably the biggest jump of the entire like the way I played Rocket League was online and like comfortably at my house versus on the stage where everything matters. And I think it was really just like a toss up in a coin and, and, or honestly, like I said, like rolling a dice as to how beneficial that'll be because 
you can either crumble with the pressure or you can get so excuse me so much better because you know that the pressure is there and i would play ranked games exactly like you said you know like i would play ranked games solely for the purpose of you know just trying to get better at the game and trying to experiment new things learning from my mistakes doing all of that and if I lost the rank game, I, I mean, I'd probably be a little bit pissed off, but like, I wouldn't be too upset at myself. And I'd just say, hey, I'm trying to get better. This is just for hours. It's not a huge deal. And change that up versus I'm on stage. I'm on stage and I'm thinking like, if I lose this, I'm going to be depressed for the next two weeks. I'm not going to want to do anything. This is going to be the worst or the absolute best day in a while. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I feel like that was a huge issue with what honestly I had, like, if you don't play the game like the way you're practicing with your mentality, like it's going to crumble. And for me, I just could not – I couldn't bring myself to not care about something that I had my whole life revolving around. Like Rocket League back then was everything. So yep. trying to switch up the mentality is a skill that you got to build yourself if you want to get good at this game and you want to make it to a pro level. Mm-hmm. So you would say that you were very attached to the results. especially, man. Huh. Yeah, I and I feel like that is one of the biggest like connections or disconnections that somebody can make, especially, you know, somebody like me that takes the game very seriously but is by no means like an RLR. I mean, I'm like champ 1, champ 2 and 3s. But yeah. there are plenty of people in platinum and diamond and i'm sure even in silver and gold and bronze that when they lose it's infuriating yeah like, like they break controllers out here right and at the like but at the same time you still have so much to grow so yeah lo- the only way that you can learn or get better is from losing and yeah, making I mean, mistakes like, the it's it's crazy because i just talked about not caring on stage and being able to bring that attitude Literally, like, NRG have been in, like, some root on land for the past, like, few majors, and they haven't been doing the hottest. And then all of a sudden, they come in, and they're like, yeah, I don't really care. I'm just here to have fun. And then they come second. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that was, like, the best energy we've seen in so long. Like, what that, – that doesn't even make any sense. Like, I feel like people aren't even taking note of that in terms of professional play. It's just – when you're on the stage and you're playing with your teammates, you just can't care, man. Like, honestly, you should care less about the results and how you're playing on the stage or at least in, like, a really important match. Say you're, say you're like, young or, like, you're new to the eSport or you're an up-and-coming player and you're, tr- you're playing in tournaments, right? And you practice ranked all week long. You have a tournament on Sunday. This is kind of how it was back in the day. You know, you practice ranked all week, week long. And then on Sunday, there'd be an ESL tournament where me and my fellow teammates who were no-names at the time would compete. And that day was the most important day out of the whole week. But I feel like the best way to approach that is to not care as much about the results of that Sunday versus ranked. And it's so hard to do that because you got to look at all the time you put in to get to that Sunday and to play well. And if you guys don't perform, then you're you're freaking out you know what i'm saying but the people who don't care as much and are able to just be relaxed are the players who play the best for sure so would you say that when you were competing in those tournaments in our lcs would you say that you were like in your head thinking about everything and 
making sure that you did everything exactly the best that you could? Or do you let yourself like go to this autopilot and just let your intuition, let your gut take control oh, of man. your play? Like See, where, where I would you be I at? I was, I was definitely the first one. Like, like if I'm on stage and See, this is the this is the type of thing I'm talking about. So if I, if you're competing on stage or something, or like in a tournament, like I, I kind of want to make this relatable as possible to people, because like there's probably like if you're trying to get better at the game and you have a specific like if you're competing in these online tournaments, you know what I'm saying? I would and say you, it's even in ranked. Like even yeah. even in a I I I mean for me in a ranked game when I'm playing three v three champion one div three rocket league, th- this is what I'm thinking about. But go ahead, yeah. continue okay. your thought. Okay. So if you're competing in that and you're like, I I remember I used to like, I would, the first half of the game is everything. So like if, if I don't score, if I either don't score a goal within the first like three minutes, or if I miss like three aerials, or if I don't get a save, or I just make a mistake, then instantly the thing that comes into my head, the first thought that comes into my head right after that is, am I playing bad? Is this me playing horribly? What what is going on right now? Why am I doing this? This is like and it just, it's just a continuous cycle and loop in my head. And the only way to snap out of it is if I make up for it and I score a goal. And it's it's a big snowball thing. So that means I could either if I'm playing well and, or like if I'm hitting a shot and I just keep hitting shots and I'm doing well and I'm not making a mistake, I can snowball into like a really solid polished player. But if I start making mistakes and I keep taking note of that, then everything just keeps falling down because I'm like putting so much more weight into my brain. And like like you said, if you go into a ranked game and you you keep making mistakes and you just get you just get frustrated with yourself and you just say you're not playing well or you know this isn't bad. That's like literally the exact same thing. And that means the only way or the only thing that you can do is to balance out the scales. So like if I make a mistake and I miss a ball. And then two minutes later, I score a goal. I'm not thinking, wow, I scored a goal. I did great. I'm thinking I made up for my horrible mistake. Now I'm even and I still have more to climb. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's heavy, man. Yeah. Especially That's that's exactly how I perceived it. Sorry. No, that I mean, especially when you think about like if you didn't produce some kind of tangible result like a save or a goal or whatever – you immediately yeah. go to I'm playing bad. Exactly, like, and and that, that's it's interesting you say that because I also felt the same way. Like, if if I was on the team and I was playing, and even if I didn't make a mistake, but if I did nothing, which happened a lot, like if I didn't do anything, I was just kind of there in the backfield doing what I needed to, hitting the ball when I needed to. If I didn't make like a good play, I wouldn't think I'm playing well. If I didn't do this, I wouldn't consider myself playing well, and that's. I mean, that, that's definitely true. Like, if I'm not making a difference on the pitch, then that means I'm not playing well. But it just – it came to the point, like, if I didn't even make a mistake, I would consider myself playing horribly. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, yes. it the The concept definitely makes sense. And I feel that is something that I have been myself working on letting go. Because this whole mm-hmm. Rocket League thing – just in terms of life in general, there have been many things that I've quit or started and then quit very quickly because it just got a little bit hard or I got a little bit uncomfortable. And I've told myself this Rocket League thing, I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting because I know that 
if I persevere that I can continue to get better. Yeah, exactly. And that that is a defining trait that you need to have if you want to obviously get to the top because and you got to keep that passion too like I was talking about earlier. Like if you're just playing because you don't want to give up on something, that's great. But you also need to come down to the fact that, like, I really enjoy this, too. And I think that, obviously, you wouldn't keep playing it if you didn't enjoy it. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. And here's the thing. Like, I can get frustrated and I can get angry. But at the end of the day, man, when I get a double touch or I hit a really good aerial or one of my teammates gives me a pass and I actually hit it, yeah, there's no better feeling in the world to me right now than that. Exactly. It's so, the highest of highs, bro. Yeah. And that really is just what keeps the the flame alive for me with this game. Because at the end of the day, it I mean, it that's just fun. Like it just feels good. Yeah. So there's one there's one last thing that I want to add to kind of what we were talking about because I think it kind of adds on top of it, and then we're gonna close it out because uh we're getting we're getting to that point. But uh the one thing kind of like you said, going on auto, autopilot or, you know, being in your head as opposed to just letting your gut, letting yourself play the game. It, I look at it two ways. Like you're either just letting yourself play. I guess I can put it this way. You're either playing not to lose or you're playing to win. And one thing exactly. that one thing that I've been and I want to clarify playing to win and what I feel like playing to win is playing all out. Like you're going as fully capable as even pushing yourself a little bit farther than what you think you might be capable of, because at least you're going all out as opposed to like playing not to lose is just playing hesitant. And especially on a big stage or even in champ one, diamond three, diamond two, you know, especially some of those like when you're going from the cusp of diamond three to champ or plat three into diamond, you're playing yeah. not to lose because you want to take that next step. Exactly. As opposed to just like letting yourself go and you're either going to make a mistake and lose, but at least you learn from that mistake or you're going to win. Yeah. And uh, it's actually, it's interesting you say that because uh, I was talking to Dreadnought the other week about that like we're talking about mentality stuff and he literally said the exact same thing i don't know if that's like a common thing but whenever he said that it kind of gave me an epiphany like i wish i had come to this conclusion earlier on that like you got to play the game you don't want to play to you just don't want to not lose you want to win you know what i'm saying playing not to lose versus playing to win you just got to let yourself go that's for everything it. exactly and if you don't do that then you're going to hesitate you're not going to play your best. And each game you could just slip away with the win versus like, wow, like I really, I like, I won that and I deserve to win there. Right. I think this is a really good way to put it. You can, you can either lose by being conservative and trying to win by playing like a very reserved within your comfort zone kind of game, or you can lose knowing that you left it all out on the field. Yeah. And at, at the end of the game, which would you feel better about? Knowing that you gave it your all or that you tried your best to kind of like win the game, but really you were just trying to not lose the game? Definitely giving it your all. 
100%. That actually is what's improving you the entire time. That's like a steady rate of improvement. Exactly. Definitely. This, uh, so I uh, listed out 10 or 12 questions that I wanted to go down for this uh, particular episode. We got to none of them. And I don't, no, I don't, I don't think this could have been any better. Like I'm thrilled about how this went. I I hope (laughs) that you enjoyed yourself as well. Yeah, it was fun, dude. It's it's always interesting because it's like, it's almost like, like philosophy or not philosophy, sorry, psychology. Oh yeah. Um, I think that's like one of the most interesting parts of esports in general and definitely in Rocket League and, and it's something that like deserves to get attention because 100% the most, I think it's the most, it's the defining trait and aspect of what makes a player subpar versus amazing, you know? Yes. So thank you for joining me for this lovely conversation. And I cannot wait to share this with people. Um, Speaking of sharing it, I hope that you have enjoyed listening to this episode. If you want to follow Isaac Turtle, Isaac app, Turtle app <laughs> out there on the internet, and the you sex. aren't already for some reason, because he is just the hottest thing in Rocket oh, League commentary man, right yes. now. Oh, 100%. You, so I mean, look, you you came out of nowhere, and now you're just everywhere. So I don't, Honestly, bro, I don't even know how anything's happening, but yeah. I I'm hey wh- whenever whenever somebody new comes on the scene I'm thrilled for it because you're getting an opportunity and I mean I'm seeing you everywhere so I'm just excited that you're taking advantage and I yeah, I man. hope the momentum keeps going for you for sure. Thank you so much, dude. Yeah, it's, it's been a blessing, bro. It's it's awesome and great and it's been it's been fun doing doing this podcast, bro. I appreciate it. Thanks for thank you to me too. No, it's it's my pleasure. So if people want to follow you or what what are some things that you would like to shout out to other people if they wanted to see more of what you have going on? Uh I mean, just hit me up on the tweets, bro. Just go follow the tweets. That's and, about it. And where where would those tweets be located? Oh man. This is the full plug. We got Isaac Ab underscore. That's that's the tweet. Was the there tweet pool? Was there another Isaac app? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm what? so mad. I know. I'm actually gonna look it up right now. Let's see what we got here. We got literally, yeah. There's nothing. See what I'm saying? I think it's one of those like suspended accounts. Oh man, that got taken, and that's just the saddest day in Isaac history. I think they were trying to start an app. Actually, literally, the Isaac app. Yeah, or something like that. Among that, so you just have the most inconvenient name ever to have yeah, in 2019. I'm pretty sure if you Google me, it comes up with like a bunch of iPhones or like the Binding of Isaac on the iPhone or something. I don't even know. That's, Perfect. That's what I gotta live with, though. It's great. Perfect. Well, thank you again for joining me. This has been truly a joy. Uh, make sure to follow us on all of the uh, social medias as well which will be somewhere once they actually exist. This Sounds is Tom. <laughs> that wasn't to you. That was to just the the people that are hopefully no, listening no, to. Oh, okay. But you should cause... too, because that would make me happy. Oh, I'd love to make the Tom happy. Perfect. The Tom. All right. The Tom.
Hey everybody, thanks again for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm so excited to finally start putting these out there. I'm just hopping in at the end of this episode because when we recorded, I didn't have a name for the podcast and I didn't have any social media stuff. If you want to keep up with us on Twitter, you can find us at ChasingGCPod. That's ChasingGCPod. And then there is also a link to our podcast if you want to go to the website. Now, something cool about the website and where I'm hosting the podcast, I'm using something called Anchor. And this is an app that you can download, anchor.fm. It's available on the iTunes Store and the Google Play Store. And something that is really cool about what you can do with this app, you can actually leave me messages and leave me a voice message that could be a question, it could just be a comment about the podcast, it could just be a general thought about what you thought about the episode or what you'd like to hear about in the future. You can leave me a voicemail or a voice message that could end up even making the podcast sometime in the future. So go download that app, leave me a voice message, give us a follow on Twitter, Uh, and just stay connected. Let me know what you think because this first episode was such a great start to the podcast. I'm really excited to see where we go from here. Thanks so much for listening. All right, that's it. We're cutting it. Goodbye.